Welcome back to What Would Mozart Do? Today, I'm talking to mezzo-soprano Catherine Hanna, who first studied fine arts and then went on to having a multifaceted career as a singer, a fragrance expert, and is now a leading merchant in oriental rugs. In our chat, Catherine draws on her professional experiences as she highlights various transferable skills that her work has taught her. For Catherine, Perhaps the most important skill she has learned is the ability to connect with people through storytelling. Hello, Catherine. How are you doing? Hello, Nico. I'm very well. Hello to you as well. Oh, thank you. It's lovely to have you. And I'm really looking forward to our chat and to hear about your career, which has you've referred to it earlier as a sort of checkered career. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing more about what you've been up to. Thank you for the warm welcome and uh, the feelings mutual. I'm looking forward to um, speaking and um, expanding on um, a lot of insight and ideas. Great. So um, just as a sort of introduction for the listeners, can you just introduce yourself and tell us what your background is um, in music and outside? Yes, of course. I'll, uh, I'll look forward to doing that. Um, I, in some ways, entered music um, after university. So it was, it's come sort of full circle. I actually did a, a fine art degree, an art history degree, and spent a lot of time in the music department. And I'd always been involved with music a lot. And it transpired that after I finished university, I decided to enter the music world. Over, so I trained privately and uh, had a lot of ex experience with uh, several different companies. Um, I also worked a career running that uh, at the same time, kind of concurrently. For about five years, I worked in retail, um, which is a, a skill that I uh, enjoy. And uh, I worked in a music shop uh, and a sheet music department part-time until I started to become a full-time musician and then I began uh, working with many different companies, national companies, chorus, small uh, uh, regional companies, understudying, um, cruises, uh, a variety, diversity of, of uh, work in the music world and as well uh, working with diverse groups of people as well. I think um, uh, other freelance musicians, directors, producers, coaches, uh, conductors, I mean, and, and people. And I think having that, uh, somebody that thrives in, on communicating with people, which is in essence performing, mm -hmm. that's something that was important to me. So I worked for probably about 15, 20 years and various circumstances in life, as we all do. Life is an interesting journey. I decided that I didn't want to tour anymore and certain personal circumstances as well, which I'm happy to divulge. I was sort of widowed twice in a way, um, widowed first, and then uh, my uh, late partner was a, was a, a tenor uh, as well. So, um, and I decided to uh, find another career path. Um, and I think I'd come towards that in a, a very slow journey towards that, actually. It's not something that can be done. I don't think for me, abruptly um it was a general sort of turning to that but I found the main challenge was finding what that new thing was and I took an opportunity I think always grasp opportunities always be adventurous and uh, I started to work back into retail with a a, a, a 
a global company, and I became an accredited fragrance expert oh, wow. involving history and heritage, storytelling. And that were particular skills they were looking for, and um, which was interesting. And in fact, my series of interviews, which were quite lengthy interviews for this job, was requiring, and they were fascinated actually, and uh, were desiring these transferable skills of being able to tell stories, be use poetic description, um, work on a sort of one-to-one basis with people and consultations, and bring bring a, a, a more of a uh, enhanced sort of. Uh, retail experience to uh, these these creations. So I worked there for about over over a year and then I decided the commuting wasn't working for me. I loved the job. Um, I learned a lot from it. I met some amazing people and amazing experiences. Um, and in then I now am an Oriental rug merchant. I work with Oriental rugs. Um, and this is what I, I without a doubt, this artistic outlet and my passion now, and it doesn't say that the music's passions disappeared or my passion for people or performing. I still perform now and again, Nico, obviously outside these circumstances presently, just the odd gala here and there, which I very much enjoy or performing just privately as well, which is again, bringing back that joy of performing rather than thinking, how am I going to pay my council tax bill? And this is what I want to do would I desire to do for the rest of my working career. So I've now I describe, I write about rugs, I sell rugs back to retail skills again. Um, and I, again, poet, poetic description of the rugs, again, turning full circle back to my sort of art uh, as well. So I've, I've taken on the way and used the skills from, from music. But regarding getting to that point, and it's having the confidence, which I struggled, I started to struggle thinking, what else can I, what else can I do? What else can I do? And you have to put that, I believe, I believe for me, I had to put aside that CV, music CV that we cling on to. Every single note I'd sung, everywhere I'd sung it, everywhere I'd understudied. And that is vital, and that is vital for your music career. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, and I suddenly thought, I'm looking at this. This may be meaningful to many people, and may not be. So I transferred, obviously, our dual CV for all the jobs we've done, charity things, and there may be other careers we've done working part time. But what we're looking at was the skills and these transferable skills. And I just had to take a close look about roles, and not musical roles, your roles and your responsibilities when you're a musician. Mm-hmm. So I started to list them. And actually, some of the things we take for granted, like being self-motivated and driven, um, the, the ability to read, read situations quickly and adapt accordingly. I mean, we're very, the quick reactions we have to do and be improvising as well with the mus- and musicians. And also maintaining close working partnerships with people. Uh, you've got to work alone. You sometimes have to work in a team. Detailed preparation. And I found this an interesting point because a dear friend of mine, again, five years ago, left, you know, as a full-time self-employed musician, uh, the, the world of music. And when he started his new career on his uh, interview, they said, uh, you know, what we noticed is that you said you were a musician and we know that you uh, have attention to detail. And that's a very, very important transferable skill. Again, I mentioned before this thriving on communication, but it's also interacting with people. 
Um, especially so I feel for me being on a public facing role now, again, is very important for me. And I've, uh, as, as, as somebody, okay, I say there's peace, people batteries we need all the time. Um, we also, you know, respect in empathy. Um, but those main responsibilities, um, again, I was discussing uh, with a, coll- uh, a friend and colleague, it was a musician as well, and uh, she uh, herself had started up her own business, not music related, but um, but still doing the odd singing here and there. And uh, she was trying to help and advise in a, in a, in a, in a, a friendly way uh, somebody that was realising that maybe they might not be able to pursue the music as much as they could. Mm-hmm. And and I said, well, I'm going to try some pointers that help me. Um, simple things like, you know, liaising with staff somewhere at the corporate events, uh, preparing background material, writing programmes, um, directing, uh, I don't know, semi-stage scenes, annotating. I mean, always the annotating music, distributing music, organising rehearsals, um, and just the basic responsibility of memorization. How much we memorize, that is an incredible skill. And uh, that, that we just take for second nature. Mm. Memorization of whole works, um, of, of staging, of, of concert repertoire, of dialogue. And also, I think, you know, with other aspects of, of musicians perhaps working with the public on charity events or cruise ships, you know, being a brand ambassador for something. Other skills you picked up on the way from touring or, or, or traveling. Um, so uh, I, I, my main thing was, was, was getting that CV into something you think, oh, I'm going to be proud of this. These are the kind of things I've, I've, I've learned and done. And um, that helped going towards uh, this uh, uh, fragrance credited fragrance expert. And then towards this final, well, I think my final role, um as well so uh it's even i mean for instance i think there are many musicians out there that are also hugely talented teachers mm-hmm. teachers of not just music but of uh, other things uh, instruments or singing or what, whatever um and i was not a, a music teacher career music teacher but i did teach the occasional adult amateur uh, as well uh, and uh, and i suddenly remember that that one-to-one basis of of that connection um identifying somebody's needs and um level of confidence and um catering for people at a pace to them and supporting them and and that's something you know consultations one-to-one that i do now on consultations with uh you know selling rugs oriental rugs persian rugs um so again even those small amount of teaching that i did in in my music career again transferred so i think it's picking them out and 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 teasing these things through and just looking at yourself um i did find looking at other people's cvs non-music cvs was helpful because totally different careers friends that were nothing to do with music looking at their cvs and seeing that actually helped because they think i'm going to work out what i what i actually did when i was uh, being a performer and a singer and that's quite a lot and even though it seems maybe not mundane you've got to remember how skilled uh performers and musicians are in control of themselves and giving and performing so uh that was my journey uh initially with with that uh, so now it's yes two oh, just over two years now 
gosh, what what a I mean, that's such a rich journey. I I just loved how you you were so comfortable in just drawing all these parallels within all these different career fields that you've um, that you've been busy in and continuing to be so. Um, so, what would you say is the one skill of all these skills that you've uh, mentioned? What's the one skill, um, I guess, on the one hand, that you're best at? And which is the skill that you found the hardest to master? I think the greatest skill, the first question, would be maintaining and developing close relationships with colleagues. Mm-hmm. We have that in every field, every work environment. And I think particularly that's something that I want to thrive on and that I, I've learned probably most with, with in, in being in the music field. Mm-hmm. Um I think the one that um, I found adjusting to um, at first, <laughs> as I say, another skill, I'm just going to slip in there, Nico, is the fact that we're very good at adapting. Yes. You know, we, we're used to having new colleagues nearly, we've got long-term colleagues, new colleagues nearly every couple of months, every contract, whatever the circumstances. Mm. What I found adapting to um, a bit slower that I had to work on was was – for my feels, the more corporate feel, the more retail feel, the corporate terminologies, et cetera, et cetera. That's something that I, I needed to learn. Um, and and uh, that was that was the thing I sort of struggled with more, you know, uh, for instance. But then, then, you know, certain acronyms that I, if somebody said something, I said, sorry, I said, I don't, and I'm, I'll be saying I'm not, because of my age, I said, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not frightened to put my hand up and saying, I'm really sorry, I actually don't know what, that is, could you explain it? Write it down. You learn it. As I like to say, every day is school day. And I think that's what I've also achieved. Uh, it's not just a dead end um, moment. There's constant learning, just as constant learning with uh, the world of music and constant in self-improvement and practice. It's finding something like that as well is, is, is what I strive for, constant learning. I mean, over, if I can mention what I call DDL, which is for me deepest darkest lockdown. The first one, um, I did. Uh, I did a lot of reading about Oriental rugs. I just read avidly to to kind of catch up with the, with the field and uh, well, no, just begin the passion and and explore. So I think the, I think the corporate skills that kind of thing took longer to get accustomed to. I think. Yeah, it's a sort of a different kind of approach to research, isn't it? Because you you have to do market research, you have to be able to think on your feet very quickly and connect all these fast-paced um, acronyms, for instance, uh, mm-hmm. in order to respond in the moment to the people that you're dealing with, your clients yes. or potential um, colleagues or potential clients in future. Yes, that's right, Nico. And developing that is something when you find your weak points, like we find our weak points, well, a week or things we want to work on in our life, in our working life, our musical life, you're going to be you're going to be practicing that. You're going to be practicing and practicing it. So uh, at the end of lockdown, I did a a um, digital marketing course online. I had time, and I thought just to get a, a few things up, so there's not those gaps in the fields of uh, of maybe some things as well which I can still apply to so um yes so your work with oriental rugs is that a business that you started yourself 
Are you part of a company? Tell me a bit more about that. Well, uh, the Oriental Rug Merchant, it has actually been um, established for a few years now, and it's uh, it's now a team of three, so I'm part of the, the team. I have a fantastic boss and colleague that, and, uh, and uh, another colleague there as well. So I really am... Um, joining the team I uh, felt very at home to start with and funnily enough it was uh, uh, a it wasn't actually advertised I'm a bit old school probably uh, with many things in life and again going back to the confidence of musicians network talking to people it's not just about auditions and sending CVs as we all know it's about knowing who you work with who people want to work with so I actually walked in to this establishment um, with the CV, very old school, you know, before before anything's advertised and sparked something in 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 him who was thinking about taking somebody on. Um, and uh, that was it, uh, interview and uh, telephone talk. And then I was offered a full-time job. I am more um, sort of front of house uh, as well. Um, and obviously um, learning from them and... and um, and ultimately selling rugs and giving people that experience and learning about the symbolism, the tribal, the village, the workshop. Uh, so, no, it is not something I set up myself. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of people do set up businesses, and I think you need a lot of business acumen for that and skill and perseverance and things. Um, I was very lucky to have found this job after my next, after my fragrance expert um, role. Um, I was looking for something initially just to find something that would just pay the bills and then keep my head to the ground and then find that ultimate thing. But I was very lucky. I walked straight into that by circumstances, but I do admire people that want to set up their own businesses because that's, that's fueled by passion is fueled by skills they've used. And we always have to remember um, being self-employed, a self-employed musician or whatever circumstances shows something in itself. Yeah. that you've been maintaining this for a long time. And that is uh, something that's very desirable for potential employees or, or, or for the confidence to continue uh, and run your own business, not just uh, yourself singing or performing. Yeah. And I, I think also um, being self-employed or creating your own, own business, the two words I think that are in a way misleading in both of those um, descriptions is the own and self mm. uh, i think to have a, a business of your own you have to have a lot of objectivity you know in order to to know what is out there and how you would fit into that rather than um focusing only on your own craft and i think that that perhaps can be I, something that really stood out for me is where you mentioned taking non-musician colleagues' CVs and then basically transcribing your own musical CV to fit um, the more general world, if you like. And that is, I think that is really an important um, method um, because it, it just forces you to think differently about what you're doing because it's yes uh, as you said we take so much for granted based on what we're doing especially and i think it's because 
I know you've you've joined music after university, but you've been in an artistic sphere for such a long mm-hmm. time that mm-hmm. there are skills that we pick up on a daily basis that we then end up taking for granted and it's just that's just how we do it but we Mm -hmm. we have to maintain an objectivity to be able to say well that's how I'm doing it but this is actually what I'm doing at the same time all these five six seven skills is an amalgamation in this moment based on what I'm just doing now yes I think um I uh, I agree uh, entirely in that, and I think you're right about in knowing the market, mm-hmm. and that's something that, as I say, we've always it's it's we're in an individual, um, I say, miniature artistic sphere as well, and then you just got to do what you have to do and do your job and perform. But um, uh, I think that's something. I mean, there are many many uh, musicians that are you know excellent with their websites and and a lot of the media and everything and which is uh, i think a lot of i think maybe a lot of people have learned a lot from that as well um uh which is very uh, admirable uh but i think transferring to a business is knowing the market and know either your clients or your customers needs as well um and being very aware of it and i i do agree uh technology um which is, I think, even sort of had an extra flurry now as well with people's situations, uh, work situations. Um, I think that's given uh, a lot of people a lot of skills. Funnily enough, another story, I tell stories for a living. <laughs> a dear friend of mine who is uh, a full-time, you know, with a, with a uh, full-time with a, an opera company, uh, what, a lot of uh, people come together doing these sort of online uh, zoom musician things or from companies from amateur companies to professional companies some you know uh, individual musicians etc etc and uh she was saying to me she did a lot of it sort of volunteer and uh putting it together and she said i've learned she said, i've learned some skills that i never thought i would have done or she's a intelligent woman i'm sure she could set her mind it but having the time to do that and looking at uh, tutorials for how to do it and training and actually it was it's quite like it was quite eye-opening for her she said you know i've you know, I've learned something new. So even in that, there's some personal development that a lot of people have been doing and personal projects. And and I think uh, uh, exploring outside these artistic fields and within, um, I think there's been a lot of extra stimulation mm-hmm. for people, maybe looking at things they haven't done or explored. And that might, you know, reflect back and feed back into to ideas about running things concurrently, new businesses, new ideas, new ways of looking at things, which of course are going to, you know, make anyone starting any business extra fertile, really. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering, um, sorry, I'm coming back to the rugs because I'm just fascinated. Um, what is it about the rugs that you find fascinating and what, what, what's the best story you can tell of a rug or how you how you convince somebody to actually get a specific rug because of this provenance or um, the, the symbolism you've mentioned, etc. What What is it about the industry that you're working on? Well, because they are, um, they are pieces of art. They're unique creations. They're all obviously hand-woven, these pieces. We only have hand-woven pieces. The, the, the journey from... Uh, they have a long journey 
uh, from the way they are to the the finished piece, so to speak. Yep. I suppose in parallel, I was rather like like musicians as well. You know, got the, the raw materials of anything, got the raw materials of an instrument, a piece of wood or piano or practicing coming forward. There is a huge amount of skill involved in their creation by these by the weavers, by the people that um, hand you know hands hand spun the wool the dyers as well they're artisan dyes when you use natural vegetable dyes um the techniques of weaving which you know have been passed on from generations and the symbolism has, has, um, has passed on they're very hard wearing as well not just because of the natural fibers but hard wearing and their creation they are stretched they are they are washed they are scrubbed they are stretched out they're transported and then finally and then they're cut as well they're shaved down and Made with very sort of simple, you know, basic tools, a, a, you know, a, a heavy comb, a, a knife uh, uh, and a hook. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you see the finished product. And so when people come in and they see these beautiful pieces, either they're, you know, the lustrous of the wool or sometimes inlaid with silk or um, the patterns, the colours, the vibrancy of it, mm-hmm. they see this here. But you can tell the story of actually what came before, which is a lot of hard work. And as we know, something that's sparkling is there. It takes a long time to get to that point. Um, I think particularly was uh, for me is describing them when, when somebody comes in. You are catering. You are catering for those customers. You're catering for those individuals. So just as you would, I'd have a, a family coming in with a, a small child or a family coming with a small baby. I'm going to cater my descriptions to them. So for me, I would say for, say, a, a small child, that's now saying this this may be the rug they're going to start to walk on for the first time not only are you buying this piece you are buying a part of history you're you know then motifs i mean i i read right that motifs just we would have in you know wagner you know opera or any opera um we talk about motifs and and recurrent motifs changing motifs modulation um there is you know the, the, the different harmonies of things contrast um and it also develops aesthetic, you know, aesthetic development of children as well as locomotion. Um, so I cater to, to the clients, but then on some, you know, some other pieces and finer pieces, when I describe them, um, once I, I wrote about a, uh, a, a rug from Tehran and they're quite rare and they're very fine, very fine, beautiful pieces, as you well may know. Yeah. And I described it about arabesque. The arabesques that you've seen, and arabesque is a form of nature. So I mean, sometimes I allude to you know, Debussy, or and I pick out somebody's starting interest of music. I start to talk about music mm-hmm. related to these rugs. Sometimes with the flowers um, that are depicted, or when we have the curvilinear uh, ones as well, I'm describing fragrance, uh, or I'm linking. So I'm, I'm teasing out the stories just like you would with an audience member, finding out what their interests are, how I, how we're going to put this rug. The rugs speak for themselves. Yes. But sometimes you need uh, a help on there as part, of course, it's a commercial venture as well, but there's more to it. There's a lot of, a lot of history to it. Even some people talk about, and for instance, of course, um, Sigmund Freud had a Qashqai rug on as the famous couch. Um, Apparently he had a Qashqai on his, uh, on his couch and it, it allows you to dream. Uh, it's the constant uh, wonder at it and and I think that's that that's the element of it where that's the unique zone point that I can relate to music and I can relate to uh, something that you can see so music we hear we watch we perform the fragrance uh, was was purely purely 
I mean, I've got some visual to it as well, but very little purely on description of, of, of sound relating to, I used to relate to music when I was selling fragrance because that was, and then now with drugs, I use both. So it's, it's in a way, um, I, I suppose somebody might come in and see this beautiful rug and be able to appreciate that it's gorgeous, but they don't know why. And then you're the interpreter or the translator to explain. And with each, with each gesture in your language, that makes the rug even more beautiful. And obviously, I mean, the way that you're speaking, I'm, I'm sure every time somebody comes in, they walk out with a rug. <laughs> <laughs> It's setting people's mind, uh, 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 um, making people feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. You're right, yeah. So I'm also fascinated when you, when you spoke about the flowers um, on the rugs and the fragrance. So um, I want to backtrack to that part of your career. Um, mm -hmm. How is it that you, well, how did you get into that? Well, funnily enough, as we all uh, have all our wonderful connections within the music world it was actually a dear friend of mine a baritone um, that we've worked together a lot for many years and we're very close friends as well and uh, he'd actually had a quite an interesting career as well he actually used to be a, a, a dental surgeon actually oh, wow. and uh, he's, he's had he's, he's lots of different careers very talented man and also worked a lot in corporate environments as well so I really um as a friendship I really sort of clung to him in a way because he was helpful in a way not just as a friendship but as a as a um somebody that with a lot of experience with different careers and has had done career changes into into music into music and in and out and concurrently so I really kind of uh got a lot of help from him in in a way and also that gained that confidence and he said you know I think he had this uh, interview for uh, starting these series of interviews and the lady said to, to him, are there any more like you out there? Are there any more like you? That can... And he said, well, yes. And he said to me, Catherine, uh, why, don't you, why don't you try as well? And uh, they're looking for these sort of skills and, uh, and therefore I joined the journey. So we actually, in, a, in an amazing way, took the journey together. We both... Uh, had a series of interviews we both did uh, we trained together which was wonderful because we'd, we'd already worked as a team as musicians closely um so it was very nice to have that support with each other seeing in a different environment but we again with training with other people and other teams and people from um diverse careers as well some of them not all from fragrance and beauty and that was the interest um and then we even took our exams together um so that's how I got into that. It was actually through through a, um, a dear musician friend. Um, and and so, what is the what is the journey of smelling a fragrance? I, I guess it would be um, like wine tasting in a mm. way, perhaps. Yeah. Well, one thing about the 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 but uh, about fragrance is that there's not a sort of a specific language for it in a way. So um, you have to always relate to, to other, 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 other means around you. So a lot of our later training, I suppose, was about sort of 
multi-sensory um, and, and drawing on, on every sense that you have uh, for your descriptive language. So um, that is the way that describing fragrance really is. So it would, would alert to, to music, uh, to uh, if it's loud and colour as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I would say it's probably harder because you'd have to get people to use their imagination but that's also a skill that we've obviously used as musicians, get people to use their imagination and try and make them describe it to, to, to what are they smelling, what are they looking for. Um, and that was the sharing that experience and sharing that consultation with them, taking them on the journey to, to discover what they're looking for and also getting to know about what, well, to be honest, just as what you are, what we are doing together you know, at at this moment is is finding out about uh, what is interesting, what's interest to you about uh, people's career changes in music and what's interesting and what I think may be interesting for, uh, for you to find out more about mm-hmm. and your questions is that you, you, you find out about that person's lifestyle and then finding out what's going to suit them and what, what, what will cater for them. So it's drawing on... Um, uh, all your other senses um, and and using those to to help people find the right fragrance for them and their situation. Um, uh, I once had a, a woman that came in and she she everyone not say couldn't deal with her. I'm not saying that it was just everyone was busy or with own clients and she needed help and I, I was available and she was looking for a specific fragrance for a specific occasion. Uh, which often happens, weddings, and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, but she was actually looking for a fragrance to wear at a funeral. And um, it was, uh, I think, her ex-husband's funeral. And I spent the time and I was, I liked it because it was a very empathetic thing you needed to do. And um, just as you would be giving in, you know, an intimate concert or being sensitive or sensitive to a, a, another colleague or musician, um, and I found that fragrance for her. And um, it was, I would say, for me, that was one of my most unique experiences of, of, of being a, a fragrance expert. And that sensitivity and getting what she needed, what, helping somebody, just as you would with, you know, helping somebody with a singing lesson or in that. So I thought, yes, those experiences happen too, just like with the rugs. Yeah. And so it's... Well, what I hear from all of these anecdotes, which are wonderful, I, I love it. It's the ability to connect with people on whatever level. And um, so what advice would you give somebody that might say, well, you know what? I'm not a salesperson. I can't sell things. The way that you are talking about selling things the the rugs and the fragrances etc it's a journey and it's so inspiring to hear what you do and um i mean we don't the word process what is your process um it's it's can seem so silly but um what is your process in going from storytelling to actually being a salesperson I mean do you see that as a parallel or um, do you not think of yourself as a salesperson um, you just keep on telling the stories and you mm-hmm. 
that people connect with what they want to to buy? Um, I think it does work in parallel. Um, I have a job to do. I have a role to do. Um, when I worked with uh, the fragrance company, you know, I had I had targets. I had to achieve certain things. So of course you're doing that. What I am, um, what I'm renowned for, I guess, um, I believe, and have been told, is that I'm not a pushy salesperson. Mm. And there is a huge difference between using. Uh, gentle techniques of course there's a whole you know um, philosophy on it all as well but I think because of my um, musical backgrounds and and working that um, you know that would never work you can't you can't push towards anything it's it's unnatural it's so I think that making people feel at ease is is probably a, a process that I would do things I've learned along the way you know just make sure people just want to browse and let them feel comfortable like you'd want equally uh, an audience would feel comfortable or awkward especially working and I used to work with a, a company that was uh, we worked very intimately with audiences you know two or three meters away and you know people aren't used to having you know well they're certainly not used to it now you know people yeah. one meter away spitting and sweating on you and uh, you know seeing it all and um, and it's just making sure people feeling comfortable so the process for me would be would be uh, to, to make people feel at ease and make sure that they feel that they're treating themselves to something, mm. you know. Um, you treat yourself when you go and watch the performance. You should treat yourself when you're, even now, the joy of going in and browsing is something that people appreciate more now um, and, and picking something out that's handmade. And, yes, we all can buy things online, et cetera, et cetera. We all do that. But there is an element of that that's added to it. So I think um, hard sales is not the way forward and and uh um in many ways i think with uh i think one of an interview i had and i i did as you said uh, um comparison to it is that we have a lot of the time i've been selling myself yeah. you know when i was uh, you know seeing a work on your own trying to all uh, auditions audition preparation etc etc so you know we we've all got a bit of sales in us um, it's just how you choose to uh, let it expand um, and uh, or selling a song or selling a piece of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's the same. It's just, uh, uh, of course, there's the element of commercial and, and closing a sale as well, but that's uh, um, sell a ticket. Exactly. It's, I'd, I'd guess it's the, the parallel to that would be you have to get on stage to sing that song. You know, it's just a practical part of the performance. You have to get from the green room to the stage and the green room or, um, you know, the the grass, um, which these days with open air um, uh, performances, of course. Yes. Um, So, yeah, it's, I, I guess it's then just grabbing the bull by the horns. And I, I love your, your image of expanding the, the inspiration for why you are um, selling what you're selling, be it oriental rugs or fragrances or music or whatever you can give. Mm. And as you're saying, it's, it's going back, Nico, to that point you started with that interesting question is about, you said, connecting. Yes. It's all it is. And, you know, I, I probably, I sometimes joke to my colleagues, I said, I could be selling padlocks. 
yeah. I could get passionate about padlocks. And that's important to somebody. Somebody, And that is about connecting with people. And I think maybe nowadays the skills of connecting with people, we're, we're, all, we're all individual. We all have our, our certain personalities and personality traits. We're all unique, um, of course. But maybe um, connecting with people I've found um, even even more people are aware of people when they're on their own more. Mm-hmm. And I think people are more sensitive to thinking, oh, maybe that person's been on their own for two weeks or maybe that person's not living with anyone. And I think that is something that we're much more aware. We're not taking everything at face value anymore. I think a little bit more than often. And I noticed that in my locality where I live, I, I wasn't, didn't really know it very well because I was always working or away or commuting or in being away or when I was a musician, I was on tour. And, you know, you, you look at other people and think, ah, there's more element of connection. And I think that can be brought into the workspace even more now. We don't know everyone's story. We never did. And I always try not to, um, I've always done that in, in retail or wherever I am. You don't know what somebody's happened from that day before and that empathy comes through. But I think that will be more. And I think if people have learned that, we can apply that to, to jobs as well and, and colleagues, of course. Yeah. So I have a final question, which might seem a little bit out of the blue um, based yes. conversation. But because of connection and the communication that you've spoken about, the passion creativity what would you say make a good leader and how how can we as musicians find our own leadership skills to to carry that forward into other careers i think a lot of people talk about natural leaders Mm. in a situation um but i don't believe in immediate dominance that that person comes out immediately and I think that's always what's expected oh the natural leader they're going to take hold mm-hmm. I think what is better is somebody that is more modest mm-hmm. more observant more perceptive respect empathy and um, humility and then they naturally become somebody that is a supportive and leadership and maybe takes that step back and looks at first because I did a lot of uh, personality um, training uh, in this fragrance company and one one day was it's just all about personality tests now I know a lot of the corporate fields do that etc etc and but that's something I'd never really come across and I learned a lot about personality types um, because actually I suddenly realized that in the music world I was you know perhaps with a certain amount of personality types we must be people that can actually stand up on stage and do that there is an element of that and there's a lot of people that you know that's not something that they achieve or want to do uh, or you know perhaps that's not for them that's absolutely fine so I think um learning about other people's personalities and I think uh seeing and working in in the team there's an element of the very kind of uh, charismatic and, and putting on through but those people going the dominant like this they're often not not the ones that are necessarily suitable so I found that interesting stepping back or watching and uh, those skills come through in, in a very measured way so I think leader, leadership in that way is is a uh, some of that true sensitivity mm-hmm. 
um, and so it, it's it's a little bit like um, a, a shepherd herding sheep. You know, the the shepherd mm -hmm. leader, but it's actually happening from behind rather than just the Pied Piper. Just follow me, and this is how we're doing it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I do like the nomadic um, analogy there because uh, obviously, all um, oh my we. <laughs> that um, many of the tribal roles that they're about. So yes, I think it's about subtlety, somebody with experience in that way um, to be a leader in that, yes. So then to just wrap up our chat off today, yes. thinking of young performers um, <laughs> or young musicians who might be in their end of undergrad or postgrad now, going into a field that is perhaps as um, unpredictable as it's ever been. Yes. What, what advice would you give? What, what would you say is the most important uh, piece of advice they can walk away with today? I'm not a parent. I'm not a career advisor. I'm not uh, any of these uh, things but um regarding advice but um and of course I, I didn't go to music college myself so i never did a music undergrad however the only thing that perhaps nico that i could suggest is keep every passion open uh some doors close some doors shut but you keep up keep something open keep those back burners of any passion that you have um uh, sometimes don't feel guilty. I mean, I, I, you know, I play an instrument just for pleasure and it came out, you know, just for pleasure. Not, um, and some things lie dormant. Let things lie dormant. It's okay. Mm -hmm. you, you can't possibly do everything in life all at the same time to the ability that you want to. That's, that's not what we can do. Let things lie dormant. And you never know, these, they, they might, with allowance and, and with confidence, they will come to the forefront again. So, that's the only suggestion I could do um, is, is just keep keep other passions open. And um, in regards of being successful and what it is, it's, it's being that successful in life, not necessarily having to be this most successful thing in music or stellar career or whatever it is. It's being successful in life is 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 being aware of your your abilities and whatever they are and, and making sure that you you remind themselves of them and you also make other people remind you of your abilities. Um, and I think maybe uh, that's the only thing I can suggest. That's wonderful. I, I think that's a beautiful way of, of wrapping up today's story. It's not just fighting your own battle. It's surrounding yourself with a support network where you can make connections with the people who support you and the people that you support and carry that further into your career and into your life. Well, thank you very, very much, Catherine. I really appreciate um, all your time and it was fascinating chatting to you. And, uh, and likewise, it was a pleasure being here. And also, again, it's another artistic outlet to be able to express um, something about my journey. So um, thank you for allowing me that. And I hope, uh, it's in, it's enjoyed all um and i really was uh, very um, happy to be invited to do so it's my pleasure thank you so much catherine thank you for listening to this episode of what would mozart do 
If you want to hear more, you can find other episodes on your podcast provider. Feel free to get in touch with me via Instagram at what would Mozart do? Follow me on Twitter or email info at whatwouldmozartdo.com.